Welcome to the Questionable to Return podcast, where three lifelong friends discuss Wisconsin sports and more. Now, here's your hosts, Andy, Mike, and Pete. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Questionable to Return podcast. As always, I'm Andy with my my buddies, Mike. Hi, everybody. And Pete. Hey, howdy, hi. You did it. Yeah. Very good. That, How's everybody doing? That intro's catching on. There's going to be t-shirts soon. Yeah. Doing good. It's like a catchphrase. Hey, howdy, hi. I'm waiting for one day where you don't where you don't nail it. You stumble over it. I might. One of these days. But not today. So, we have a big game coming up Saturday. We do. Bucks game. Pride yeah. night. They play the Magic. Ironically, that is the game that my son chose to go to with his friends for the birthday celebration, but it won't be just me and the kiddos in attendance. Who else will be there? We are all attending. Yeah. All separately, though. Yes, all not separately, si- all in sitting. different corners of the the FIFO. Not sitting <laughs> no. together. No. Okay. It's it not going to catch on. It is weird that we're all going. It's a FIFA don't like it <laughs> but all yeah all independent of each other all independent yep Even, who, are you, who are you going with mike i am going with my younger brother his wife and my dad not to be confused with my older brother and his wife who are also going but not sitting by us either <laughs> <laughs> wow because they are going to be in a suite they have a friend who get the the friend through work gets a suite uh as like their uh, company party every year and they just happen to be invited along as their plus two or whatever. So lots of people I know are going to be there. And we'll be all spread out. Pete, you're going now? You just got tickets. Yep. I, you, got, I got the special tickets that um you get the pride hat. So, so I didn't even know about this. I was going to go buy a, I don't know, it was like almost a $100 ticket. And for 33 bucks, you get, get a ticket and a pride hat. So it's kind of cool. I wonder, Is that limited? So are, you, are you sitting by the people you're going with? Yeah, yeah, I got three tickets. Nice. So. Is that, do you know, is that limited to certain tickets, get the hat? Yep. What? Yeah, you I, had to buy the special Pride Night ticket. Because are the, you sure? I'm almost certain. I saw the giveaway for it is section like 224, and I'm sitting in section 223, so it's right oh. by me. I'm going to get a hat. I'm going to find a way to get a hat. Find a way to get I a hat. I want that hat, yeah. I'm I sure somebody will drop it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like tonight, I saw I, they had the specially designed hat by Desmond Mason oh, yeah, for the Wizard game, and the lights just flickered, and I was worried the power was going to go out again. But it didn't. It didn't. No. <laughs> so yeah, Desmond Mason designed a hat for the Milwaukee Bucks, and he is actually a pretty famous artist now, which is kind of cool. But um, my friend went to the game, and our coworker, and he got you a hat, and he got no, he didn't. He was going to give no. me the hat because he didn't like it. I'm like, oh, it's designed by Desmond Mason. He's like, I don't I don't want it. But, yeah, he didn't get there in time. It was only 10000 So, Well, I, I need the out. hat. I'm, I'm kind of, I find myself kind of collecting hats now. I was never a big hat person, and right now I'm wearing a Bucks hat that I just got. That's It's kind of all gray with a green outline. I need more Bucks hats. And the yeah. Pride one, I think it's green. With a white it's, front, and then it's got a rainbow yeah. behind the, the rainbow buck. Rainbow behind the buck, yeah. I need that hat. That'll be a unique one. Yeah. Yeah, it's unique. I, I'll 
I'll buy it off of someone. Yeah, you'll find it on eBay for 150 bucks probably. Yeah, I'm not going to pay that much. I'm just going to walk <laughs> up to that section and just go to the counter and say, yeah, give me my hat. Yeah. Because my daughter really wants that hat. She thinks it's the unicorn hat. We'll, we'll work on getting some hats then. I haven't seen that. Is there is there a disclaimer somewhere where it's actually said that it's only limited to the tickets that you buy? Because like, they're all sections where they have availability. I don't know. It's linked to the ticket. You have to show them their ticket, your ticket, and they scan it, and then you get the hat. You have to go to a certain area, like, yep, 2, like 204 or something. 204, yeah. I'm in 210, so whatever. It must be the certain area, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to take a bunch of, we're going to take a group of four nine-year-olds and corral them enough to go up to, up a level, grab a hat. <laughs> yeah, because that's right. Pete's son is attending the game, but with you. Yes. Yeah. Not. I'm I'm not gonna see him that night at all. I feel like uh I feel like Pete's winning out on that deal. Yeah, it's like he's got a, a babysitter bit. so you can go to the game. <laughs> I'm gonna enjoy the game with my brother and his friend. So it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well he's excited. So you promised my son a little birthday surprise at the at the stadium, so he's looking forward to it. I did say I would try to I don't know if we'll meet up at halftime or something, but I was going to give, uh, yeah, I was going to buy him and his friends whatever they want from concession stands. So Little. I didn't know if uh, it'd be easier to meet you or surprise them and deliver something to the seats. We'll that, figure it out. That'd be pretty hilarious. I think the delivering would be kind of funny just yeah. to have you show up. Yeah, I did think that might be kind <laughs> of amusing. I'll have to drop some hints on the way to the game to get give you some ideas of what to go get. Yeah, you'll have to text me in order so I... A giant tub of cotton candy. Oh, that'd be good. That's I'll, the worst. I'll, tell me his ticket seat, and then I'll do a beer me for him. <laughs> <laughs> do the beer me half. The funny part is, is like if I tell you that you guys keep ordering beers to me, I'm like, I'm going to have to drink all those, and I have to drive your, home, your son home. So. Do they have a cotton oh, yeah, candy me app for... Uh, <laughs> Young See that I actually texted or not texted, <laughs> t- tweeted at uh, Alex you're, Lazary today. You're old. <laughs> I tweeted at Alex Lazary today Text because anymore. I really want a soda me app. I think there should be one for like parents who don't want to take their kid and walk around. Yeah, what if they just? I think they're discriminating, it. targeting only beer drinkers. I, well, it's actually just they're testing it out this year, but. Thank you for technicality, Pete, over here. <laughs> Maybe by next year they would expand the menu a little bit and you could get other stuff. Why not, right? Yeah. At least a Coke. Glad they sell Coke products there, by the way. Elk Slasher <laughs> came to like the my work and talked about that as like one of the innovations for the year. And the team pitched, I think, four different teams and the Bucks were one of the final four. And in his final pitch, he basically says, if a beer me app can't make it in Milwaukee, it won't make it anywhere. Mm-hmm. And that good. is the line that won Milwaukee, the, ba- the pilot point. of it. So I got to say, I've been listening to 97.3, Drew Olson, KB, and the crew. And this morning, Drew Olson says, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Doing a little Larry David there. Yeah. Which is also what you guys did. Yeah. Last week. Again. These major stations are listening to us. Obviously, right? They must be. <laughs> Drew? Is he here? No, he's not here. No. Actually, no. Anyway. I know I know someone else who's been listening to us. Friend of the podcast? The Hall of Fame committee. 
Hit it. <laughs> Am I starting the cycle? Is that what's going that on? That was the good cue. Oh, let's start the cycle. It's time for time to hit it. Wait, let me get it, let me get it here. It's time to hit for the cycle. There it is. Cue the music. All right, let's start with the single, boys. <laughs> As Mike said, the Hall of Fame is listening to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the NFL Hall of Fame inductees, uh, Leroy Butler doesn't get in, obviously. Nope, uh, we also <laughs> don't put him in, even though we're Packers fans. Right. The newest members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame include cornerback Champ Bailey, contributor Pat Bolin, contributor Gil Brandt, tight end Tony Gonzalez, cornerback Ty Locke, um, center Kevin Mawai, safety Ed Reed, and safety Johnny Robinson. So the dark horse, Kevin Mawai, good call, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, they listened to my pitch about how he's the best center in the league for a decade and blocked for Curtis Martin, and they put him in. So you're welcome, Kevin. If you want to come on the podcast and <laughs> thank us, <laughs> you can do that. Kind of interesting that four defensive backs got in. Uh, do you think it helps Leroy Butler in the future? I mean, years down the road, I would imagine. Not too crowded now. You think? Maybe. I think it that might just be a little more of a coincidence. I know we all had uh, Champ Bailey and Ed Reed as our uh, guys we thought would be surefire guys to get in because their numbers just stood out. And Ty Law probably stands out a little more for playoff performance, but I still think Butler's like a tier below all them. Man, you got to think that injury hurt him for the Hall of Fame, for sure. He could have played another five, five ish years, but unfortunate. So the double today is uh, Wisconsin high school basketball. So via USA Today, regional boys basketball rankings for the Midwest, which includes Ohio, Michigan, Iowa, Indiana, Kentucky, Wisconsin, Illinois, Missouri, blah, 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 blah. And it also includes North Dakota, South Dakota, and West Virginia, which is kind of weird for Midwest. But uh, So number two on that list is Nicolet. They are 15-1 and one on the year. But nationally, there's a Super 25 that USA Today ranks, and Nicolet is ranked ninth. The Knights have four players with Division One offers. The juniors, plus the two sophomores. Jalen Johnson is one of the top recruits in the country, has offers from Georgetown, UCLA, Wisconsin, Marquette, Kansas. It kind of reminds me of uh, back in the day, basketball, when we played. Well, I wasn't on the team. I think I was a sophomore that year, right, Andy? You were. But yeah, I, I wasn't on varsity yet, of course, and but Andy was, I believe. I was. And we played against St. Joe's, and they had two top players, Brandon Morris and David Tolfrey, from what I remember, and they were pretty amazing. They were and very amazing. We had an awesome game that that I kind of remember. My brother-in-law was, was a key contributor in that game, too. Did those guys go on to play Division One basketball, do you know? Yeah, so Brandon Morris, um, he's currently the head coach at St. Joe's right now. Oh. So he's the head basketball coach for varsity. He uh, played at a junior college or community college in Iowa to start out to get his grades up. And then he actually signed a letter of intent to St. Louis University, but he actually then didn't quite meet the academic standards and quickly then transferred to UW-Green Bay. And then Tolfrey actually played basketball at the Centenary College in Louisiana. So they both went on to play basketball outside of here. So, yeah, playing post post high school—that's impressive. St. Joe's famously known for Nick Van Exel. 
Yeah, I guess that, that was right. kind of the crazy part because Tofu, I think, earlier this January was actually um, honored um, because he joined the 1,000 point club, which he put, I think he put some number two or number three on the all time scoring list just behind Mr. Nick Van Axel. Nice. But yeah, that game was crazy. I remember because we, we got beat, I think, almost by 40, maybe 50 points the first time we played Wasn't him. So it like the second time we played him. 90 something to 50? Yeah. Oh. It was, it, was, it was a terrible. It was, it was not good. Game. Terrible game. Let's just say we lost by like more than more than we should have. So good like fifty, enough. whatever. Good enough. So like our coach at the time, Coach Pettit, decided he was gonna install a very elaborate scheme to try to slow down their offense because they they excelled in like the transition offense and they scored a lot of points off of that turnovers and, and a lot of pressure. So what we ended up doing was like slowing it down. And we're only allowed to shoot a basket if it was a layup or a really good guard who was a junior at the time, I believe, TJ Quinlan, who, oh, could, yeah. who could shoot the lights out of the basketball. He was Probably one of the best pure shooters I've seen in person. He was Curry before Curry. Yeah, it was absolutely insane. He was just like that. And we got down by nine, I think, quick, but then um, kind of stuck to our game. And by the end of regulation, we were actually tied. And went into overtime. I think the I think it was what it was like the low twenties. Yeah. So basically, after halftime, Saint did Saint Joe's or we stalled. Saint Joe's stopped guarding, stopped guarding you guys at half court, and you guys just sat there with the ball. Yeah, because like that's I mean that's what ended up happening. Like we were doing a we were doing spread stall tactic, and we tried to do that. So then when we played zone, they did the same thing back to us, and they yeah. just held the ball. It was just fantastic. Which. I guess, which was interesting, didn't bother us any because that was the whole game plan to begin with. Yeah. Just try to see whoever had the last possession. But they got so frustrated. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, they got up pretty quick. They, like I said, they're up by nine and then double digits. But they got so frustrated, they started fouling. Yeah. And then at halftime, they were in, they were leading fifteen to twelve. So I mean, it was an epic game. But like I said, we we kind of we tied it up at the end. I think your your brother-in-law was kind of the hero. He got fouled. And I made two of the three free throws to tie it up again. He had a big three-pointer, I believe, too, before that. So he had a big three-pointer. You guys were, like, down six. Big three-pointer, and then I believe, yeah, he was fouled on three. Missed the first one, hit the two, and then they kind yeah. of kind of took over after that. Yeah, but. I think it ended up being 31-28 final after overtime. So it's pretty good considering, like, they're a powerhouse team, especially in the Southwestern Conference, Southeastern Conference. And I because you brought that up, and it, it brought a lot of memories back. I started looking at some of the, the articles. We played, I think my sophomore year was probably, talent-wise, the best group of athletes in the conference I think I've ever got to experience because that was also the year I got I got to play against like Sharif Chambliss. Oh, yeah. Played for St. Katz, who went on to play Penn State and then transferred back to, to Madison. I still talk to him yeah. from time to time. Um, he, was a, he was probably the best athlete I've ever played against, like, one-on-one, as far as, like, sportsmanship as well as, like, talent. Yeah, he was a good guy. The guy made him, like, his team better. He was one of the guys that he could easily drop 20 on you, but he also was the guy who dropped, like, almost 18 assists at the same time. So he, like, if you had a good shot, he'd pat you on the butt as it way back. Like, it was just a, it was a, it was a good guy, and it was honest, like, just cheering you guys on. Just loved seeing people do well at basketball. So it was good to see him come back to Wisconsin and represent us in, in the Badgers. Especially because uh, he came in after Devin Harris left. Oh, yeah. Fill a big void. That's true. Yeah, but like, those teams are stacked, too, because, like, the Tolfrey and Brandon Morris, like, that was a ridiculous tandem. And then 
St. Cats was, I think, almost also undefeated. Yeah, people would just go to those games just to go to those right. games because of Chambliss versus Morris. Yeah, it was ridiculous because they great because St. Kitts had a, a six foot ten center yeah. that went on to play. Oh man, and they also had a, yeah. a sophomore who him. was the Blotney. I think he was six eight. Also Blotney, man. Yeah, I remember. I remember Gersh. Like our first, it was one of my first games I started. It was in St. Kitts, and it was like a packed house. It was crazy. That was the game I almost got knocked out in. I think I told that story in the podcast where like our assistant coach actually told me the answers to the the protocol questions yeah yeah if that's going on in high school you know that's going on in the pros yeah jambles is like assistant coach at wright state so i think he's trying to get his chops and and becoming a basketball coach nice well you guys might have stories about playing sports i know a lot about sports movies what did little giants teach me (laughs) even if they were going to beat you 99 out of 100 times what did that leave one one time one time. So that was your right. game. One time. That's a good strategy, though. The the Dick Bennett, we don't have the athletes to compete. Right. Fewer possessions favors you. Obviously, the more possessions, the more it favors a better team. So It was incredible. I mean, honestly, to be a part of it, one, the fact that we actually executed it was probably the more miracle thing. It's one thing to practice and install it and, and the other thing, but the other thing is actually execute it and make it actually work to the point where they're getting so frustrated that they followed us into equal points. We talking about the Patriots game or wait? What? <laughs> right. Kidding. All right, let's move to the home run, fellas. Thanks for the feel-good story, Pete. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So the home run is a futures bet, uh, Brewers World, World Series bet. So I bet on the Brewers last year to, I believe, win the NL. I think it was mm-hmm. fourteen to one odds. So somebody was going to Vegas. A uh, friend of the podcast, Steve, was going to Vegas, and uh, mm-hmm. I sent money with them. And so this year the Brewers are twenty to one to win the World Series and ten to one, which is actually smaller odds than, than the start of last year, right? Because didn't you bet to start? I also bet. I had fourteen to one as well. I bet twenty dollars on the Brewers to make the World Series. Same bet. Yeah. That was uh, right around when they got Yelich and Kane, and then the odds changed. But those numbers seem. I don't know, but it seems like decent value. Yeah, 20 to 1 seems, I mean, if anybody's going to Vegas, please let me know. <laughs> I will send you a, a couple units. Well, <laughs> so I looked at where I do my betting. Um, that's with uh, Vito from Staten Island. And <laughs> uh, the Brewers are listed as... Seven to one to win the seven NL. to one. Seven to one to win the okay. NL now, and thirteen to one to wor- win the World Series. That's as of today, so they might have. Yeah, moved. this was maybe a couple days ago. So plus, uh, the place I place bets is probably a little more conservative with those because they can be the the. Yeah. it's all online, so they don't have the advantage of getting just straight cash bets. Everything's money transfers, so they're usually not as good of odds as if you were to shop around Vegas. So. Might be able to find ten to one or twenty to one in Vegas. What was your What was your bookie's name? Vito. Vito. Yeah. Yeah. I will. I will confess something. Mine. Mine's Diagati. Not to from be Atlantic uh, City. Not to be confused with Vito Brown, right? Yeah. <laughs> this Vito is very different. More Italian. <laughs> I must confess something though about my bet last year on the Brewers, and this is probably the place to do I it. Know, I know about this. Yeah. I hedged and bet on the Dodgers when yeah. the Brewers made the NLCS. So you lost game seven. 
is what you're you saying. Can, you can blame me if you want. I did. Uh, I did take the Dodgers. It wasn't so. me going to the game. It was you taking the Dodgers. Here's the way I look at it, though. <laughs> Futures bets are some of the dumbest bets you can make. Really the cool. odds. Yeah. Just break down the odds sometime and look at how skewed they are because. You know, if you start adding up all the numbers of like, well, this team's 20 to 1, that means they should have a 5% chance to win the World Series. You realize those numbers are nowhere close to 100%. It blows by that. So the fact that I had a a hedge in play to win money on a futures bet, I had to take it. And I did. And I felt guilty. I felt guilty about it. That's okay. So so what were your odds last year for for the Brewers to win the NL? I had 14. I think you was, it have, the, was the World Series or was, it, was it to get to the World Series? Just to get to the World Series. I think Pete had 15 to 1. Yeah, I believe I guess so. what worries me, I, I think 10 to 1, I don't know. I think the NL is a much tougher landscape than it was a year ago, especially the NL Central. It is. And the, the AL is very top heavy. There's only like right. a handful of really good teams. The NL is pretty solid all around. So, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't feel quite as confident now. I did bet it. I bet it the day Yelich and Kane were acquired, and it was mostly just an emotional bet. Hey, I had a big, decent feeling knowing that you're a game away from, from, from winning. Yeah, I mean, I was still cheering for the Brewers like crazy, and I wasn't hoping my hedge would win, but unfortunately, that's what happened. It's not a bad idea to hedge your bet, and then at least covers the cost that, of the bet. Yeah, maybe I'm just... Uh, conservative when it comes to betting but that's part of my philosophy is always hedge when you have a chance so i'm gonna move to the walk quick because i believe our triple is pretty big um so i'm gonna move to the walk really quick here uh super bowl hangover fellas with your betting uh well better x i think we talked about this i don't know if we talked about this on the podcast or just in person but better x loses at least 3.8 3.8 million after putting it all on the Rams. So he placed a lot of separate bets. 2 million at one place, 1.5 million, 300,000. Sorry, guys. This was going to be all, the what build this our podcast to do. All to bet the Rams. Are there you, goes QTR's bankroll, right? Are you better X, Andy? <laughs> I believe, though, that guy, don't feel too bad for him. I believe he won $25 million last year between betting on the Astros and the Eagles. So So, he's still ahead. So he's still ahead. Yeah. And he also had a a couple other, I think, playoff, maybe NFL playoff wins in there. He he obviously wants to remain anonymous. Because right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. No one needs to go rob him. Uh but uh, he, he, I guess he's probably a, a sharp out there in Vegas, professional gambler, and you win some, you lose some. But it's pretty crazy to be throwing around that kind of money. It's got to be Mayweather, right? <laughs> <laughs> Floyd loves to throw his money he, around. He comes in with one of those guns that shoots dollar bills. That's how he places his bet. There you go. Shoots yeah. the cashier. It's kind of crazy because I, 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 can, I can sympathize, not to this caliber or not to even this size, but... The roller coaster of betting that I've had over the last week, because the, the Super Bowl bets didn't quite go in, because I was, as everybody knows, I was a little Rams heavy. But then I, I did a couple of bets to try to to recover from it. I took the Bucks uh, to win over the Nets, and that came to came back. So I basically won all my money back from from the bets from hey, the Super Bowl. Go. So that was good. There you so, go. then I, so then I was feeling good, and and today I wanted to hedge a little bit. So I'm like, oh man, Wizards team. Back at home, the Thonmaker drama, and they were favored by 14. 
So I picked the, <laughs> picked the Nets. Or not the Nets. Wizards, the, I picked yeah. the Wizards. And I parlayed it also with the Pelicans to take take care of Chicago. So like that that came true. So I was feeling pretty good. Laid 30 down for a chance to win 250. They didn't quite do it for me. I, I was pretty optimistic because at one point they were within nine. That first half I was like, it was bittersweet because they were like, oh my gosh, they, they dropped the 85. I'm like, oh no. They're up by like 20, whatever. And they get within nine. And I'm like, okay, just... Play the reserves and just get to get just let them win by ten. <laughs> Those are probably the most exciting bets. Is if you parlay a bunch of stuff and get really crazy return on it. I know I uh, I missed all my long shot bets because a lot of them involved the Rams winning, but uh, I hit my two main bets and then lost at the dollar game and then lost at squares and I was doing the math. I think I finished down three dollars after the Super Bowl. I think the big the big squares victory for me was what kind of made me go home even. Oh yeah, and you had a you won one of the two pots of the dollar game, just not the just not the big one. <laughs> yeah, the ten dollar one versus the what two hundred eighty or whatever one. Yeah, I lost about one unit. <clears throat> just leave it at that. Okay. Hey, but you got a free breakfast afterwards. That's true. I'm losing my voice. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Thon McCore. Maker, McCure, Thon, we, still Naga, don't know. Naga, we don't need to know anymore. Naga, not going to play here anymore. <laughs> That's Detroit's problem now. Yeah, so let's go to the triple NBA trades. The trade deadline is tomorrow, which most of you will listen to this when the trade deadline is over probably. But let's just speak upon what we've seen so far, I guess. So Stanley Johnson is coming to the Bucks. Um, they didn't announce it officially, but obviously Thon Maker was not there against the Wizards. And uh, Giannis spoke upon it after the game and before the game because Thon is seen, he sees him as his little brother, uh, like we did kind of discussed earlier uh, before the podcast. But we posted a little Twitter question and we got a lot more votes than we ever thought we would. So about 115 people voted so far. It'll be up for another, what, 12 hours about? Yeah. Um, but so is this a good move for the Bucks? And. 63% of you say yes, and 37% of you say no. So with the trade of Thonmaker, it kind of frees up around 4 to $5 million this summer. I'm guessing they won't sign Stanley Johnson, but who knows? He's a great defender, actually. When he wants to defend, he um, shuts down. He shut down Kawhi Leonard recently to like four turnovers pretty much and no points um, when he guarded him. So... It's a much-needed wing wing defender for us, probably. But shooting-wise, he's he's kind of disappointed there with the Pistons, just like Thon's disappointed us a little bit. So we're kind of hoping we get a player that we can maybe keep, maybe, or it'll free up that space for uh, contracts in the future. Yeah, and they're, they're similar in age, too. I think Thon is slightly younger than... Uh, yeah, I think Stanley was from the 2015 draft. So He drafted like 8th overall or something like that. Yeah, Thon is uh, about to turn 22. 22, yeah. Uh, and uh, Stanley Johnson... About to turn 23, right? About to turn 23, so one year difference. Uh, yeah, how do you guys feel about that? How, how would you answer the poll? I... Personally, I think it's a good move for the Bucks because it frees up the minutes for DJ Wilson, which we've already seen anyway. DJ Wilson's been playing out of his mind, I feel. Defensively, he's all over the place. He's a little bit bigger than Thon. Uh, si- not 
tall, but size-wise, he just bigger. he plays under his feet a little bit better. Thon seems a little awkward at times still, yeah. so I like that. I think Christian Wood long-term, and possibly if they don't sign Lopez, you see Christian Wood jump in there, which obviously with the herd, he's been so dominant. Oh, that's my guy. I want to see him yeah. get an opportunity to so play. So he could be the option of the center for the future, um, and I think I think his game could transition well to the NBA for sure. He just seems like he has that good size and and uh, athleticism that could be great with Giannis. Um, but yeah, I think it frees up enough, uh, frees up more money, and Thon really he wasn't making a difference. So I think it is a good move. Yeah, he had lost pretty much all of his playing time. Um, I guess that was kind of the fortune thing I think we talked about or I had read somewhere where part of it was an empty threat where he was just trying to pressure the team to get him a little more playing time and then that definitely backfired. Yeah, well don't don't request a trade if you don't really want one. Right. This is what happens. Yeah. But I I'm indifferent. I could go yes or no for multiple different reasons. I like the idea, um, as Pete mentioned, the get Christian Wood. I really want to see that guy get some playing time. I think he's I think he's actually a better fit for this team right now than Thon actually is. He's a bigger guy, more physical, and uh, he's willing to get in there and, and do the dirty work and, and can obviously score. He's averaging almost 30-some 30, 30 points a game in the in the G League. Yeah. I well, mean, that doesn't 20, quite, but he had a stretch where he averaged, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. And I do think one of the funniest things I actually saw was an equally hot take from a Pistons fan. <laughs> I think I posted it. It was incredible about how he felt – that addition by subtraction, that the Pistons were far better off no matter what the Bucks offered. So he's like, "Oh, you can be, you're gonna give me a seven foot guy who can clean run the floor and can shoot. I don't care. You could give me a bag of peanuts and it'd be well worth the trade." So not, not entirely a- optimistic about the ability of what Stanley Johnson can do, but maybe a change of scenery will, will do him some good. I like the idea where you get out of his contract and free up a little more space, a little bit more room to sign some of the players you want to see stay here long term. I, I just don't think Thon was in there long-term vision anymore yeah my first reaction was Thon is the only guy who's a center who's under contract for next year if you christian wood you can consider a center he's i don't he's listed as a power forward Isn't he a free agent at the end of the year too oh he might be too then so if Thon is the only guy I, I was thinking you know what happens if we lose lopez what do we do then because we at least had Thon under control but then i was thinking you know what, for this year, though, we have DJ Wilson, Christian Wood, Ilyasova. Those guys are all 6'10 and can play the center. So can Giannis. In this modern NBA, do we need a center besides Lopez? No, the the, the uh, like power center is kind of dying. And that, as yeah, you've seen, like, Lopez like change his game because he knows he's had to get a three-point shot now because... Like, it's it's just not not there anymore. There's no Shaqs. There's no Dikembe. Like there's no slow right. centers anymore. Really. What, what big man, other than Embiid, would you see in the playoffs and be like, oh, I'm afraid of that guy? Is it just Embiid? Baines. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, I can't think of any Valachunas. Maybe, but even he's taking he's on a bench role. More of yeah, bench role, they've been, and because they've been he's playing, been hurt a lot. Uh, they've been this starting, year too, hasn't he? Yeah, he like dislocated a finger yeah. and missed time. Sakim, they, they were been playing. Um, 
even Abaka at center and playing oh, more of yeah. a small ball lineup. And yeah, just none of the teams really have a center that worries me. Horford's not like a post them up kind of guy. But yeah, I, I, was, I, I was gonna, I was, he'd be, I was about to mention him. I think he's the only one that could potentially yeah. worry you, but it's more because he can stretch up front and shoot. Yeah, he's kind of the, not that he can bang you down low. I think he's the valuable guy because he's kind of the jack of all trades. He can kind of do a little of everything. He can shoot, he plays defense. But yeah, I think I think the one thing that worries you about facing Horford and Ibaka, even they've shown that they could shut down Giannis. So that's the only thing that worries me is is I'm not too worried about center wise. They're not going to cover our center anyway. Yeah, they're going to be on Giannis usually. So and they've shown that they could do it. But I don't know. I I I am totally for this move. Um, just want to pivot a little bit and say Hill and Smith can both be traded as their trade restriction is lifted, actually, I think, tonight, tomorrow. So that's another option, too. Not that I want to trade Hill, but, um, but yeah, that's another interesting thing. Like, I guess just pose this question. Do you think the Bucs will make another move tomorrow or Thursday? I I ultimately don't think they'll be able to pull one off, but I I think they're certainly trying. Uh, The rumor I heard um, Miritich was uh, one guy that the Bucks were asking about and that they might have been trying to flip uh, Sterling Brown, which is why they acquired Stanley Johnson to play wing. And then if you got rid of Sterling Brown, you'd still be fine there. Mm-hmm. But I guess uh, the Pelicans want draft picks more than players. Makes and, sense. Yeah. And Obviously, then, looking at <laughs> what the Pelicans <laughs> really want. Yeah. <laughs> for Davis, they want... So Lakers were going to give them... Ball, Rondo, Kuzma, Lance Stevenson, Brandon Ingram, Michael Beasley, and two first-round picks for only Solomon Hill and Davis. And the Pelicans haven't even responded to the Lakers. They want like four or five picks. It's insane the amount of picks they want. I I don't know how they're going to get a pull off a trade then. I just don't think it's going to happen. It really, I I don't think there's any way that Davis is getting traded before the deadline, so... Do they just wait and try to see if the Celtics can get in a bidding war next year? I mean, I don't know what else, what other teams are really in play to trade, actually trade for Davis, other than the Lakers and Celtics. It seems like it's, it's slim pickings then. Definitely. Which is kind of interesting because he doesn't want to go to Boston. That's well, the rumor anyway. He doesn't yeah. mind going to Boston, but he's not. He's said he's not going to sign long term with them so he'll still be there until what 2021 what was the joke of it again aside from the the names you mentioned you put out that any stop that was in la was just a like a stepping stone to get to la yeah so it doesn't make you overly ambitious to go trade for a guy who clearly wants to go to la at some point that's why I so think you're basically if, renting him if you're uh the pelicans you just take the lakers offer that's as good as it's going to get most likely otherwise you're just looking at letting him walk and um other guy i heard uh rumored to the bucks potentially was Dwayne Dedman center for the hawks he's averaging 10 points a game this year he's shooting 37% from 3 he's maybe a little he's a 7 footer he's maybe a little bit of a poor man's uh brook lopez just funny to say. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought Brooke Lopez would have uh, such a good year? But I don't know. I don't feel like either of those are necessary moves. No, not at all. I I don't want to break up this team at all. I feel like 
I mean, it doesn't matter who wants to come here, who doesn't want to come here to me, because I feel like Middleton, Brogdon, Bledsoe, and Lopez need to be signed. You need to go over to luxury tax next year and figure it out, and hopefully that Middleton, Bledsoe kind of take a little less so that it's a little closer to luxury tax, I guess, and makes it a little easier to sign all these players because the way this team's playing, it's just I, the sky's a limit, I feel, right now. I can't yeah. believe how good they're playing. They're 40 just wins. amazing right now. I mean, they score 50 points in a quarter, and the way they looked against the Wizards was insane. It's like 50 points in a quarter and then 85 and a half since the franchise record for most points in a half. Yeah. Way to go. So I guess and hearing Crush my betting dreams. Hearing that uh we'll save a little money by if letting Stanley Johnson walk versus having uh Thon Maker on the roster next year, that kind of sells me on this too is every dollar could count trying to keep all the starters intact. Just I want the whole team back. Yeah. Uh, the whole starting lineup back. Yeah, so I was kind of looking at stuff about and contracts and stuff get kind of tough because of all the guarantees and stuff, but I believe Bledsoe, I think I'm hearing $20 million he'll he'll demand because of the year he's having. Lopez, they're saying like $10 million. Brogdon, they're saying like $13 million. And then Middleton's the one that is kind of like that wild card. So he's probably going to get $25 million a year, but he could get max, as, as in a lot of GMs are saying he should get max, which will be $38 million, which would be insane. And that he would be paid that much more than Giannis. <laughs> yeah, Giannis is only making twenty five million next I know, year. Yeah, so. Giannis looks like the best contract in basketball. Really, <laughs> four, oh, yeah. four years, a hundred million dollars for definitely like, MVP of the league. But you hope you hope that Middleton kind of looks at that and what Giannis did to stay with this team and doesn't take the max. I don't know. And what Middleton has said, we've 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 mentioned it that he does want to stay with Giannis. So you hope that he wants to keep this team together because. Why wouldn't you? You're an all-star this year with Giannis, and if they can get Bledsoe back at least, I would say they're still primed for another couple of years. The The starting lineup is all in their 20s except for Lopez. So it's, it's a good young team, and even some key players on the bench are still young. We really don't have that many like real veteran players. I guess Lopez and Ely Silva are probably the... Uh, Longest tenured players, Smith, Smith. Oh, Smith. Yeah, if you count, yeah, he's like thirty. Been around the block. <laughs> he's like our age, but yeah, I forgot about him because he doesn't really he's play. A, but he's a cheerleader on the bench, for sure. Yeah, a couple things I was like hearing was like Middleton's actually going to be a target for the Lakers, depending on if they who they can pull in from a free agent perspective. They're they're a potential landing spot for Middleton. Yeah, because you have the Lakers, the Clippers, the Knicks that are banking on getting big-time free agents, and they're not all going to get big-time guys, especially if... There's not a lot of guys out there. Right. Yeah. But, all, yeah, like the Knicks and the Clippers have two max slots. Because the, the 2020 free agent pool doesn't look very optim, optimistic compared to, like, the 2019 pool, so I think you're going to see a lot of money get thrown around. Yeah. Teams are hoping to get... I mean, like, the Knicks are good. They're pretty much all in on, oh, we hope we get, like, Durant and Kyrie Irving or something like that. And if, if that falls through, then, yeah, what's what starts to turn in your backup plans? Yeah, you'll see Middleton's loyalty, really, come summer. Yeah, a little hometown discount, maybe. So just speaking of the Sixers a little bit, because I think we should discuss this trade, that uh, they added elite shooting, obviously, with Tobias Harris. 
they traded away a couple players. Uh, we don't need to go through all the stuff they traded. They <laughs> traded picks and one-time buck. Tobias <laughs> one-time Harris. buck. Tobias Harris. Doesn't it feel like headed long to ago? the Sixers? <laughs> so, so it's pretty interesting. The Clippers are actually, I think, the eighth seed right now. I think they're like four games over five hundred or something like that. I don't know. I'd have to look back on that. But if they position themselves with two max contracts, of course, and say we we raise our hands the white flag and they're actually going to go tank and uh, they traded their best player away but does this make the Sixers the the team that we should be worried about now other than Toronto I mean Boston's made a big move too so Boston's been just as hot as us I when I look at Tobias Harris is a pretty good player he's shooting 43 percent from three this year and averaging almost 21 on a bad team when he's your fourth option, that's pretty solid. I know the problem with him his whole career is he's found himself in situations where he's kind of the go-to scorer on bad teams. But if you put him in as just like a just third or fourth option, I mean, the fact that they can have two of those big four they have on the court at all times, like you'd never need a, a rotation where you don't have two of them out there, that makes them pretty formidable. It does. I think you worry a little bit more about chemistry. I think you've seen that even now since Butler's come over there. Now you're adding another piece of the puzzle where the, now there's another mouth to feed as far as like, like scoring and shots go. It'll be interesting how that plays out. But they also lost a lot of depth with that trade too. So you do increase your, your shooting power and your scoring power, power in your top, like your starting five. But you also lose a lot of depth off the bench to come in and relieve some of those starters if something happened. That's where I think like the the Bucks are kind of in a unique spot where the team's well-prepared to get let Giannis get his and have a couple other guys step up, but they're also well-equipped to have people come up and, up and stand up and, and score off the bench if need be, or the next guy or the next man up can, can go in and have a big night. So I don't know. It's a hometown take, I think, a little bit, but I still think the Bucks are the team to beat in the East. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point, That especially because the Sixers also traded multiple players to get Jimmy Butler in the first place, that, yeah, they really don't have much it's left gonna, on the bench. It's going to be Jimmy. really expensive next year. Like, you're starting, like, the the projection I saw, I think it was like $160 million projected for your starting five, which is not going to happen. So they're all in for this year because you're going to, I think two of those guys at least walk. Yeah, and the Sixers never quite scared me that much in terms of the big teams in the East. I think a big part of it is they they lack shooting. This definitely helps them, but because uh, Ben Simmons is someone for as good of a player as he is, I mean he can't shoot at all. He doesn't even attempt threes. He's he's kind of like having like a Giannis out there, but well, Giannis shoots better than him, though. Yeah, and Giannis, uh, you can you can get away with having uh, Giannis who can't shoot threes when he dunks, however many times a yeah. game. So. Yeah, I don't know if I'm still if I'm that much more afraid of the 76ers, but uh this makes them pretty interesting. Yeah, I think we have 3 games against them or 2 out of the rest of the year. I don't remember, but it'll be interesting when we play them and and uh I'm I'm interested to see how our depth compares against their depth cuz I think that's a strong point of the Bucks is is that depth off the bench is and the way now Eliasova finally got out of his slump he, he was perfect tonight three threes three threes yep and uh it'll be nice to see how how our bench kind of stacks up with like toronto and all them well, obviously 
against Toronto, we've kind of shown that we're we're a little better than them, uh, and their their bench is pretty deep too. So, um, yeah, I just I really I don't think I'm too worried about them. I'm more I'm still worried about Boston because I feel like they have more pieces that can beat us. Just the Horford thing against Giannis and Kyrie's just a dynamic player. Where I want to see how Bledsoe kind of if he can kind of get out of his head just like last playoffs. So yeah, Boston has talent and depth as well. And one other thing about the Sixers is they're one of those teams amazing at home. They have a losing record on the road. They're thirteen and fourteen this year, so that makes me feel a little better considering the Bucks. Uh, are right now the one seed, and I'd be surprised if the Sixers jump the Bucks. If right, any really any of these teams. Yeah. Well, it's interesting though is that nationally, they nobody really thinks the Bucks will hold up and get out of the East, where they're number one in in defense, they're number four in offense. They're the first of forty wins. They've proven to beat really good teams. They haven't just feasted on the East at all. So. It's just interesting how they're just not getting love, and I feel like that's just going to feed Giannis more and more and more, just like the Harden news for MVP. And what he kind of said tonight after a dunk was kind of beautiful. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that, but he mouthed, uh, mouthed uh, yeah, he said a little swear word and <laughs> MVP in there. But anyway, so. What's uh, you seen this team? Like when you've had Giannis out, the team still won, and Bledsoe was out with his Achilles thing, he still won. I guess that's what makes the team a little bit, that much more exciting. Like, even even if they're uh, the injury bug does seem to hit, like they still have been able to pick up the next man up. It's been able. To, I mean, the surprise of DJ Wilson and Christian Wood laying in the wings and some of the additions they've now made makes them pretty interesting. Yeah, because even some of the guys who don't play anymore or don't play that much, it just feels like the Bucks have a ton of quality players. When you can have these stretches where like Connaughton isn't playing much. We completely forgot about DiVincenzo. I know he's been hurt, yeah, right. but I he's like the heel injury. I, I almost forget he's even on the team sometimes. And he was such a key piece early in the year. And yeah, Connaughton too, where, but he'll play in spots and he'll just do yeah. really well. Yeah, he's like, a surge of energy. It's, yeah. it's pretty impressive. Sterling Brown can be that guy sometimes where he'll kind of come in and out of the lineup. And every so often he has a, a big game, but yeah, there's there's just there's a lot of quality on this roster, and that's what makes me feel good. Not to mention, you know, the Bucks only have to go twenty and nine the rest of the way to hit sixty wins. Ooh, would you have ever have guessed? Do you want to yeah. hear? Do you want to hear? Wins? Do you want to hear a little sad point? What's it? So, amongst all the reading of the articles I did about the different trades and things like that, um, there was a Yahoo Sports article about Giannis would be the next. So it's talking about more like the Anthony Davis and. The Christopus, like Porzingis idea where he he wanted out of New York. And they're like, watch out, Bucks fans. Like Giannis is the next man up. And it kind of alluded to what we thought at the time when they were offered, they offered basically offered Giannis a four-year deal or the max five. And we thought we were getting a deal by him taking the four. And I think it actually, what the article kind of alludes to, is it actually becomes a mistake. In hindsight, they could have gotten the, like the fifth year locked up and they would have, probably paid him a little extra i think it was about four million dollars across the first um four years but then you lock him in for that fifth year at 30 million where he's gonna he's projected to make about 45 to 50 million dollars when he gets a super max deal and he's eligible after this four-year contract's up 
so I guess my question to you guys is, do you really think in two years from now, if we pass forward, will he be a buck? I would say yes, because of how well the team has played. I think having Coach Bud makes a big difference. Uh, you see someone like Anthony Davis, the biggest reason he's frustrated and wants out is because New Orleans has just been bad his whole time there. Like Best case scenario is they're one of the lower seeds in the in the West. And uh, last year they did win a playoff series. Mm-hmm. I think they swept the Blazers. But for yeah. the most part, he's just not surrounded with talent. But for Giannis, he's the focal point of the team, but he's surrounded with plenty of talent. I mean, we got all these guys who just camp out at the three-point line, and I think that's appealing to Giannis. And just keep saying too, I think the arena counts for something too. The arena counts. I think that makes this offseason all the more important. I think if you start seeing some of these other pieces go, or we let them walk, I think that's just more of the reason, like the writing's on the wall. That like, why would I stay? And I guess what kind of worry, like, what's interesting or worries me a little bit is like Kawhi, like wanting out of San Antonio him wanting out of san antonio even though they'd been so successful with right. him there and uh he's a coach been a finals mvp yeah it is uh maybe a, in some ways similar situation where even in their talk right now like he wants out of like he probably want to leave toronto and go to one of the bigger market cities is he someone though who's maybe just had his heart set on going back to california he played at san diego state and there's maybe. constantly been talk about him wanting to be back in california so I don't know if if he just was never going to be happy anywhere else. Yeah, I think just back to the Bucks situation where I think Giannis will stay because I feel like what the the organization has done is they've kind of set themselves up year after year to get better or to be in a situation where they can sign their guys or they've kind of got out of that bad contract situations they're getting away from that and they're giving out better contracts they've dumped money when they've had to and there's putting themselves in a situation trade wise too where they make these good trades for expiring contracts to they expire and then they sign somebody else so i feel like they've done great moves this last year that show progress to Giannis that we will continue to find players to fit around you and make this team good for years and years to come. Yeah, so I guess that's good. Good job by Horst and and the leadership team and the Bucks. I guess what's also interesting is like we don't have a number one pick for the next two years. So I mean, again, I go back to your list of free agents. You almost have to nail all of them, or this is going to be a worse team a year from now. Well, that's yeah. why that's why making cap room right now is is so important. Because you need to sign Bledsoe, you need to sign Brogdon, you need to sign Middleton at least. You need to get those three locked up for multiple years with Giannis and see what happens in the next four years. And good job by the the leadership team to also talk about going above and paying that luxury tax. Definitely, yeah that that'll be yeah that's huge. Let's that'll see if they actually huge. do it though. Yeah, let's see if they hold them. Let's hold them to their word there. All right, Lazarus family, step up. Bucks have made all the right moves, including letting Jabari Parker walk. It's kind of sad he got traded today. It's basically just a salary <laughs> dump. Yep, salary casualty. Wow, how how the mighty have fallen from number two pick, but yeah, he's ready for his new start. 
<laughs> I guess we don't need to pile on, but I hope he does well playing in China next year. <laughs> Let's pivot to some more football. Not NFL football. But it's, the, it's the off season. Yeah, I know. We just right. got done. It's the off season? No, it's not. I was ready for my football slumber. <laughs> A new season has started, fellas. The Alliance of American Football. That's already? Yeah. Starts a week after the Super Bowl. <laughs> so co-founder Bill Pullian claims it's football for football people by football people. Hmm, whatever that means. Kind of a fumble of words. Good job, Bill. No pun intended. So it starts this weekend. Interesting league as they start right after the Super Bowl, and they end, I believe, right before the draft, making players available for the NFL. So it's kind of like a developmental league. um, The NFL hasn't had NFL Europe since 2007, so it kind of fits in that little bit, which is kind of cool. So as he said, it's by football feet. People, so co-founder Bill Polian, obviously he was with the Colts, from what I remember. Jeff, our our favorite Jeff Fisher, <laughs> is uh, guarantee that team goes five hundred. Is part well, he's part of the front office, so oh. this is the front office. So for the whole league, Heinz Ward, Tro Palomali were on there, and board member is Dick Ebersol. So he was That's a, a NBC Sports an Olympics guy for many years, and actually the games will be on CBS on Saturday starting. So. That'll be pretty fun to watch. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, Dick, Dick did a lot of stuff, especially I think he's the big one that, that brought basketball to the forefront, especially on NBC. Was he the one who brought about Round Ball Rock by John Tesh? <laughs> did he make that famous? Yeah, I think he definitely gave it the green light. So it's uh, eight teams spread around the country, um, kind of a stopgap between college football and NFL. I uh, like it for, for players wise. It's kind of that that little in between, like Christian Hackenberg, where he's trying to just get his develop his skills and stuff. So yeah, and every other sport seems to have figured out uh, a minor league system that works, except for football. Football doesn't really. I guess college football's so big, that's their minor leagues. But especially since they make them stay in school longer. Yeah, that's true. You have to be three years removed from from high school. What's interesting is this kind of feels a little bit, and maybe it's because I was listening to a podcast that's talking about the USFL versus the NFL, and that one of their big selling points was spring football, and regional. They were the talk of it was having regional drafts to keep people that you, the fans of athletes in their region would stay within their region. It just made me think of that because I think one of your talking points is like the eight teams that are spread around the country. Just seems like an interesting tie-in. Yeah. Yeah, there aren't many there aren't any north <laughs> north teams because I, would, I wouldn't want to have it here. I think the weather is very <laughs> not very. But right. uh, another thing that's kind of interesting are the rules. So there so a couple that are different from the NFL and NCAA. There are no kickoffs. It'll start at the 25. Don't worry, the NFL's doing that shortly. Right. Yeah. Instead of onside kicks, you get the ball on your own 35 and you'll be facing 4th and 10. If you convert, you keep going. If you don't, Obviously, somebody's knocking on the door for a touchdown. That's interesting. As if the kicker wasn't losing enough duties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no no PATs. All TDs will be followed by two points conversions. 
The play clock is reduced to 35 seconds to encourage quicker pace of play. And most importantly, no TV timeouts. Oh, thank God. And it will be aired on CBS, so it'll probably be like NASCAR and soccer does. Yeah, where they, they just... Uh, they even piled some of that during like the actual football season yeah, where, they, where they stayed they in did. game. Stayed in game. So, so yeah, it'll um, be kind of interesting. Under the rule changes, is um just laying out a wide receiver while the ball's in the air, uh, is that pass interference? Because <laughs> it's, no, it's not in the NFL. I so. haven't dug that deep, but I will watch this Saturday... Well, maybe. I won't watch too many, but I'll watch a couple games, is this, hopefully. Is this like a pilot of the rule changes for the NFL? Like, maybe. here, throw throw these rules in, Alliance of American Football, and, and let us know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, cause I could imagine that it's because uh, there are a lot of ex-football guys who are involved. I'm, I'd imagine that the NFL's kind of maybe behind it a little bit. Yeah, the football. It's football for football people, by football people. Basically, they're just saying. Run by Goodell. We don't need those effing <laughs> kickers. Yeah. So kicker's boring. Right. Lame. Let's just go through. I just got a couple notes on the teams. So there's a Arizona Hotshots. Rick Neuheisel is their head coach. We all know him. A <laughs> couple familiar names I'm trying to name here. Carl Bradford is their linebacker. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah, him. He played for Arizona, I believe, so that's kind of cool. Atlanta Legends. I don't know their head coach, but their offensive coordinator is is none other than your favorite, Michael Vick. Oh, what a great guy he What is. a great guy. Denard Robinson's their, their running back. The Birmingham Iron, Birmingham Iron, the only recognizable person that I recognized was Trent Richardson. Oh, he's still he's still giving it a go, huh? Still giving it a go, trying to come back. Let's see if he can average more than two and a half yards a carry. Yes. Memphis Express, of course, Mike Singletary's got to coach them. <laughs> and uh, as I mentioned coach, before, Hackenberg yeah. is their quarterback. Uh, Orlando Apollos, Steve Spurrier, the head coach, and a couple Packers on this team: Charles Johnson and Ladarius Gunter. Oh, yeah, Gunter was pretty recent. Yeah, yeah. Was pretty it, pretty did, recent. Didn't he start a playoff game? <laughs> sure did. I believe in so. Our I, multiple I you, playoff games. I think he was our best Falcons. cornerback. <laughs> do, do we have to put him on Julio Jones? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, the Salt Lake Stallions, Dennis Erickson head coaches them. Matt Asiata and Brandon Oliver on that team. So a couple okay. running backs. We all know them from fantasy football, obviously. Mm-hmm. San Antonio Commanders, Mike Riley is their head coach. And ex-Packer J. Roan Elliott on that team. Oh, yeah. Didn't we think he was going to be a good pass rusher once upon a time? I think so. Yeah. I think so, yeah. And the last but not least, the San Diego Fleet, who I will be rooting for. That'll be my team. I love their jerseys and their their helmets, and it looks pretty solid. So Mike Martz is their head coach, <laughs> and Eric Allen's their defensive back coach. And the only player I noticed on there was Gavin Escobar, tight end for the Cowboys. Oh yeah. Otherwise, they don't. I didn't notice any other players. So, so for Sunday's podcast, do we all have to pick a team? I think so. <laughs> yeah. I already. That's I claim. Awesome. I claim San Diego. I'll pick whatever hat I like the most. Add <laughs> okay. it to my collection. Okay. I'll get a jersey. Person's person's team who finishes higher will will do a little bet again. Okay. Speaking of bets, I don't want. To when are we going it. to dinner? <laughs> really hungry. Over My here. tax money should be coming next week, so I'm good to go anytime after that. Just pick a place. Really hungry here, except for Pfizer Forum. <laughs> yeah, please no, please not Pfizer. Okay, form. the so the, expensive. The food places outside the courtyard. I think those are even more expensive. Yeah. 
Maybe Chick Fil A. I'll take you to Chick Fil A. Oh, well, you need Chick Fil A? All right. I'll check. I'll check out this league. I kind of miss the days of watching Craig Nall on the Scottish Claymores. Hey, <laughs> that's what you're gonna get. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of there's actually a lot of funny thing because kickers mean nothing in this league. There's like Nick Folk and uh, Young Soo Yu. What was his name from the oh, Chargers? Yeah, San Diego guy. San Diego guy. So there's there's a lot of kickers that we know, but they don't mean anything in this league. Field goals, that's nope. it. Just that's field it. goals, yeah. So enjoy. So we're gonna do another round of Find the Fiction. We're gonna do a little bit of abbreviated version of it to save you guys some time. We're only gonna do three rounds. But before we do hmm. before we do Lazy you were. Mike, you have some unfortunate news for us. Yeah, do you still have and by all, us I mean me. Do you still have all of last week's um Sure sure do. What's the Yogi Berra one? So I already changed it to be accurate, but I believe I said what, thirteen? You said he won thirteen championships in eighteen seasons. Hit the corrections music. He won 10 championships in 18 seasons as a player, and then he won three more as a manager. So he did win 13. It's just the breakdown was a little off. So it's 13 and 21 if you do player and, and coach? Well, he, he managed for like, I don't know the exact number, 15 years or something like that. It, <sighs> it took him a while to get those managerial <laughs> yeah. wins. He actually started Fair out with uh, Mets. But Fair enough. I believe that was letter A. Yes, I I might have actually um picked that one. So well, you already so, won, so I don't. It didn't change yeah. the outcome of the game. Oh, okay, then never mind. But thank you for keeping me honest. Appreciate it. Hey, it, we, it, it makes me feel good that you like the game so much that you went back afterwards and I did some research. I actually I impressive. didn't do this. Our stats and whatever department <laughs> alerted me to this stats and info stats and. Corrections? corrections is that the, the proper stats word stats and can you say stats and corrections is stats that and copyright whatever our de- whatever our department is that does that they actually just, they alerted me to that we we're doing well enough we have paid staff now <laughs> me on my phone at work <laughs> all right but well, good find good find let's get to this week then so mike won and then super one after think, the correction i think too. you said that about four times thanks rub it in so Mike is so up. Mike won. What is what? What's the score now? <laughs> two to think. one. We've done it yeah, three weeks. Yeah. Two to one. I'm just looking around the room to see if I can see the Doodle Pro anywhere. No, I don't no, see it. Oh no, no there's a Pro. box right there with our with our dry erase boards. Yep, you right see there. it right there. Oh, oh wait, no. There's still one. they're still in Gary, Indiana. There's a big one over there. Still in Gary, you can go Indiana. Take it. I'll just use a pen and paper like it's a thousand years ago. I'm just gonna use this knife and etch it into my hand. <laughs> well, good. Hopefully it's the same answer every time. Blood, brother. For your, a. For your benefit. It's always A. When in doubt, so, so answer gonna, A. So we're going to do a quick three. Okay. Question number one. A. Major League Baseball dirties every ball before it is put in play. B. No Major League pitcher has pitched a complete game after being struck by lightning. <laughs> or what? C. What was Shaquille that? Shaquille O'Neal missed 5,000 plus free throws in his NBA career. What was the second one? That was crazy. 
There's never been so. a Major League Baseball pitcher who's been struck by lightning and pitched a complete game. That sounds true. Why does that sound true? Because he got struck by lightning. 66. Great outdoors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got love it. that. I love that movie. Okay. Yeah. Um, I am going to guess this. <laughs> Michael? I have C. I have C. That's Both wrong. Dang, that's Both a lot wrong. of free throws. <laughs> yes, yeah, that to be exact. I know he missed a lot, but. Shaquille O'Neal missed 5,317. Hack-a-shack was in full effect, and it was worthwhile. Wow. Now but it's that, Hacka. But that means. Hacka Jordan, no. That B is actually incorrect. Okay. Indians pitcher Ray Caldwell recorded a complete game against the Philadelphia A's in 1919 after being struck by lightning in the middle of the ninth inning. Caldwell shook it off and got the final out for the win. Yes, that happened. Oh, my God. And I, did, and I, I heard that totally wrong. And I did not know this. I heard that totally. I wasn't listening. And I did not know this. Dang it, sorry. That the Major League Baseball does actually dirty every ball. Oh, I knew with, that one. With the uh, the mud, the special mud. Yeah. An undisclosed location from the Delaware River. Colorado still have the humidor? And it's been done so for 75 years now. Uh, I think they do, don't they? Yeah. And I think I that's believe, still going on, right? I believe Arizona was also using it. So so what was what was the part of B that was wrong? I wasn't listening. I, I said no MLB pitcher has pitched a complete no, game after being struck no. by lightning. See, I, okay. felt, I thought you said, never mind. We're good. I, yeah. Next question, please. Okay, yeah, I was thinking the same thing as you were. <laughs> that, yeah. Okay. So you knew that there was a pitcher that got hit by lightning? Well, I, I felt it like was it was so, true. It was so odd that, yeah. <laughs> so odd that it was true, yeah. It's, okay. It's late. Okay, we're good. we're good. Two, A. There are more NFL teams that do not have cheerleaders than ones that do. B. Lights weren't installed at Wrigley Field until after 1988. Or C. The NCAA required college players to study during halftime. A. I also have A. Both correct. Yeah. There's actually only six NFL teams that don't have cheerleaders. Can you name them, Mike? The Packers? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's all I got. Probably probably every cold. Yeah, pretty much. Browns? <laughs> yep. Browns. Browns don't even. Yeah, I don't. Okay. Bills? They do. Oh. All right. Chicago? Correct. Vikings have cheerleaders? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a good part of the podcast. Looking for Giants. Giants don't have oh, cheerleaders. Steelers do not have cheerleaders. Then the Jets don't. Jets do. What is that's that not, about? That's not fair. You think they just, just can change their outfit? Bears, Same Browns, stadium. Giants, Lions, Packers, and Steelers. Lions? They play in a, indoors. Yeah. Now, the ones that do are the Cowboys, the <laughs> Dolphins, the Jaguars. No, Falcons? We're good. Good job. Still tied. For the win. Okay. Really or can to continue the tie. Question number three. A. The Oakland Raiders took Sebastian Janikowski 17th overall in the 2000 NFL draft. <clears throat> it was the highest a kicker has ever been drafted. B. Michael Vick's prison intramural football team had a losing record. Or C. During a two-week hamstring injury, 
1948, the Dodgers secretly replaced Jackie Robinson in the lineup with a white man in black face paint named Herschel Morowitz. <laughs> oh, man. That reminds me of Tropic Thunder. <laughs> that's, that's so ridiculous. I don't that's even crazy. Know. Again, it's so crazy it has to be true. I know. It's, it's messing with us. It's late. Uh, no, I got I got it. No, that's not even right. I can't. It's probably right. <laughs> it's probably true. I'm just going to take a stab and just go with that one. A. Oh, I also said A. What was the first one you actually wrote? C. A is correct. Oh. I went with A. I guess they were they're pretty racist back then. <laughs> a little bit. Oh man. That's pretty bad. Yeah, especially Janikowski was not the highest paid or highest drafted. There was a whole a kicker that was drafted eleventh overall. Who was that? His name Jan Stenerud. His name last name was Roxelben. I think it was from like nineteen Grammatica? Nineteen eleven. He was a complete bust. <laughs> he kicked four field goals before before me being moved to a punter. Tell you what, the Alliance Football League won't have any of that going on. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Well, they'll have missed field goals. I thought for sure I was gonna get you with the Michael Vicks intramural football team. I heard about that one. Yeah. I remember yeah. that one. Went three and five. How do you have Michael Vick? <laughs> Go three and five. Um, do the teams Play play fair or dirty? I don't care. You stole Michael Vick. You've seen the longest yard? Uh, maybe the other teams were just better at playing dirty. Maybe. So I think that might be the last installment we have for a little bit because I think Mike, you have a you have a little quiz show, game show. We're gonna. I have something we could we could give it a try. So we'll what are you gonna that. call it? Just gotta have a name. Apparently, everything has to have a name. Closest now. to the pin. Because it involves trying to hit a number, whoever's closer. I believe that's a golf term, but I don't know what it means. I don't play golf. Closest I, to the pin? Uh, yeah, you hit the ball at the stick thing, right? Yeah. The, <laughs> the stick? The, the stick th- thing that comes out of the hole. Yeah, that's a pin? That's a pin. Oh, okay, got that's it. the pin oh, with sounds, the flag on it. Sounds like a blast. Have fun golfing everyone who does it. <laughs> One quick shout out if you guys are bored and you want something to watch. Always uh, bored. I've, I've been hooked on ESPN's. Um, special it's a 20 hour like special basketball love story so they're basically like 5 to 10 minute like specials clips to tell a story from uh, from basketball so it's amazing I loved it I'll definitely love to talk about it so if you guys want to take a peek at a couple of stories that'd be fun but it's pretty pretty good is it spanning like the whole history of basketball yes so it goes covers from college basketball the pros and everyone in between so 20 hours sounds like ken burns did it or something yeah what's cool is they do different episodes but then you can go in and they break down small segments so you can skip ones if you don't want to hear about it but it's been pretty good watch it with the with the with the little watch it with the lad and he he got a good kick out of it he learned quite a few things from it so definitely suggest it but with that we'll let you guys go thank you run a little long here Seems to be a running theme for us. Sorry, hey, a lot to talk hey, about. A lot to talk about right now. We thought we'd have yeah. stuff to, we'd run out of stuff. We, but s- we still got to preview the Brewers coming up, and then man, we'll have we All Star Draft. We're gonna have to have another by day. Sunday. tomorrow. Yeah, the big. We're gonna recap our 
big uh, Bucks game we're all going to. Big Bucks yeah. game, yeah. We're, uh, we planned it. We're all going to run on the court. With exactly <laughs> seven minutes left in the third quarter. And it's a back-to-back, so Giannis probably won't play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be so depressing for the yeah. kids. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but it probably will happen. Oh, that. We appreciate all the fans reaching out to us. Keep it up. Mailbag. Questionable to return.com slash mailbag. Uh, social media, facebook.com slash questionably return. Twitter, Q to return. Personally, I'm at Andy, the number nine MAN. I'm at Mike R. Daly. At P. Cozy Jr. And with that, keep up the five star reviews. We appreciate that. And keep sharing with a friend. They really do help us out with our rankings. So with that, we'll see you guys next time. Goodbye, everybody. Always pass on what you learn. You can take it out. <laughs> oh, no, it's staying in. <laughs> Forever staying in. See ya.